Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Game two, Phoenix, Arizona, Western Conference first round. Phoenix Suns take on the Los Angeles Lakers, hampered by the fact that they don't have one of the most clutch players in the NBA in Chris Paul playing clutch time minutes. His injury, Matthew, appears to be more severe than we all initially thought, and ultimately the Suns lose to the Lakers by a score of 109 to 102. Mm-hmm. Matthew, before we get into uh, everything, how you doing? I'm okay. It was, uh, I mean, I watched it by myself and it was very, very lonely. How are you doing, John? <laughs> kind, of the, kind, of, kind of the same, you know, like I realized it right before the game started. I was like, you know what? Watching Suns game is Suns games are better when you're sharing that experience with somebody. Now, granted, my wife came in at yeah. the very end. She's like, oh, it's, this is close. Like, yeah, I'm in here like clapping and yelling and sound like an, an idiot. Cause I will say, you know, typically during the regular season, when I'm watching Suns games, I'm pretty mild. I'll, I'll do a, fist pump or like a <laughs> but like playoffs is I'm standing, I'm yeah. pacing, I'm shouting, I'm yelling, I'm experiencing the game. Yeah, same here. And honestly, there's one thing that you brought him up earlier. I'm just trying to trying to ignore the injury with Chris Paul. Hopefully that thing goes away because oh man, I don't know. It's just crazy every time the Suns make the playoffs, even after eleven years, there's some piece of crap thing that happens to us and it sucks. Same old bullshit, but uh, we'll we'll get into that and plenty much more. Uh, welcome everybody to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Whether you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, or you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, uh, I hope you enjoy the fact that you can hear us a little bit better. You know, we were at the Chupacabra yeah. <laughs> Tap Room last time. There was a lot of audio issues. There was uh, blondes behind Matthew and Espo. I mean, it cheeks. was just, yeah, butt cheeks everywhere. It was, it was <laughs> quite the experience. Everywhere. Uh, but you know, we're kind of back doing our normal thing for this post game podcast. So welcome and thank you for joining. Uh, make sure you follow the, the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lissy. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and smash that like button. Even though the Suns might not have gotten the victory, you can still give us a like button because it, it helps with the yeah. algorithms and such. Uh, you can become an elite jamster by clicking the join button or following the link in the description. And feel free, if you are in the chat watching along live, to hit that super chat button and donate. Maybe you can, uh, if we get enough money, maybe we can actually go to a game, Matthew. How fun would that be to actually go to a play? I would game? love to join everybody at the game. What is yes. the deal? I mean, I'm in my apartment by myself. I did have a migraine today. Oh, poor me. What a poor baby. What a poor bitch I am for being at home by myself and not experiencing this with more people. I need to be out there. I need to be at least with you, John, because when they lose, especially, I don't have no one to turn to and cry on no one's shoulder. So, yeah, hit the, uh, the, Anyways, the super what? chat button. We can use it to get some tickets to go to the game because help us. We're poor. 
Yes. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network and leave a five-star review if you are on Apple Podcasts. Don't just give us the five-star review. Go ahead and leave a comment, too. We'll read it right here on the pod. If you have any shows, you can email us, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. Matthew, you got to be drinking tonight, right? Uh, no, but I do have a Diet Coke. We both no have way. Diet Coke. Look at us. Dude. Look at us. Now, granted, I'm only doing that because I already opened my beer. Oh, so okay. I need a cracking sound. So, <laughs> so on, on oh, that note, this is getting better than this. The sun's lost in some diet coke. So, ooh, sounds so crisp, so delicious. And you know what? Even though we didn't do it today, I think I'm going to change up the uh, the intro song. So, this one's coming to you from Zane Zor, ladies and gentlemen. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. So there you go. Thank you, Zane Zor. Thank you. Use that. Reached out to him before the game. He gave us a thumbs up. So appreciate it. Go follow him on Twitter uh, and his YouTube channel as well. And he's actually on Spotify. I actually went on Spotify and I found his Valley Boys song, mm-hmm. and I'm bumping it all the way home today because I was just like so amped and so ready for this Very game. Cool. Uh, so thank you, Zane Zor, for that. Unfortunately, they did not beat LA tonight. Lost by a score of 109 to 102. And I guess the first question yeah. I have for you, Matthew, before I skate out of this picture and turn on my fan in here because it's hot as hell, um, <laughs> how unfair is it that CP3 is hurt? Um, it's very unfair. And honestly, John, now that you're moving away, I honestly just thought I was ignoring it today. I saw some tweets. You know, people are thinking about Chris Paul all day long. How is he going to be? I'm just trying to, I was trying to ignore it because honestly, I thought maybe it would go away. A lot of things in my life, you know, I try to ignore it. Check engine light, just just let it just ignore it until my car breaks down. But this is one thing where, of course, it poked its ugly head again and basically cost the Suns a game, obviously. I mean, if you're playing with a 10% Chris Paul yeah. versus, uh, uh, oh, I'm only like 90% LeBron James, you're going to have a hard time winning. I mean, the chances were there, but absolutely not towards the end. And uh, I don't know, man. It's just a tough one to swallow tonight. It's interesting because this is the series, you know, you're, you're a LeBron fan. You're somebody who respects LeBron and the way that he plays basketball. And yeah. this is actually the series that's going to change all of that. And that's what I actually, you know, whatever happens for the remainder of this series, uh, I'm happy for that, that you finally can join the fuck LeBron James train that I've been driving for, <laughs> you know, just about the two past two or three seasons. Yeah. You know, I mean, I respect him as well. But, you know, relative to uh, Chris Paul being hurt, it is unfair. It, it's unfortunate. It's frustrating as a Suns fan. It's a typical Suns fan story. You know, as, as you write the history of the Suns, you always run into situations like this. And and for the Lakers, it's the exact opposite. You know, due to their location, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks after the Suns lost a coin flip, uh, stayed there, won a championship there, but he wanted to play in New York or L.A. And he went to UCLA, so the first chance he get, he went to L.A. The Lakers got Magic Johnson because of a fluke. You know, they were a playoff team that got the number one pick the following year and, you know, road showtime Laker forever. They got LeBron James. They got Kobe Bryant. They got Shaquille O'Neal as one of the biggest free agents. I mean, it's just they're a team that, uh, again, we have a little brother complex for a reason. It's because when we talk about breaks for the Lakers, it typically goes the Lakers way. 
for the Suns, it typically goes the way of the Suns. And that is, you know, after everything I saw with Chris Paul, it was a weird injury and I didn't really see where it happened. And I saw, you know, his, his statements directly following the game in which he's like, no, I'm absolutely playing on game two. But then they asked yeah. him about it. He's like, yeah, I heard a crack. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, that's the one part you don't want to hear. They even they played some of Frank Vogel's post game, uh, his press conference, and honestly, some of it, the, what he said, I was like, "Oh, do you really want to say that about your team and what you're going to do?" But when you heard Chris Paul say that, honestly, maybe it just slipped out because you don't even want them to know anything happened, right? You try to get off the floor as fast as you can and just look at it and be like, "Hush, hush about it." Let's not. Even in uh, pre games, he wasn't even warming up. He wasn't even the free throw line. That's what I heard. He was just doing mm-hmm. stretches all day because he doesn't want to show his jump shot. He had the wide open uh, layups. He had the wide open floaters. He did not throw up there. And when it gets to that point, then the Lakers, of course, they're like, okay, just leave him open. Give him wide open shots because his one shot he made, he was so wide open from 12 feet. And yeah. the Lakers, they were going to do that all game long. And it, it got to the point where you just couldn't play him. And I felt bad because when I saw him on the bench, they showed him like the first time when he went back and put something on his shoulder. I think it was just a heating pad. He looked so upset, like almost about to burst out crying. Mm -hmm. He he was trying to hold that shit in because there he is, game two in the playoffs. First, the Lakers, they have a chance to go up 2-0, and he can't help his team, and I felt so bad for him, man. Like I almost got teary-eyed too just thinking that because all he goes through, all that he has gone through his whole career, and to get to this point, and it's like you have a very good team with the Suns, and you might be able to beat the Lakers, and this happens – I feel for him, man, and I I hope he can be healthy next game. Another fluke injury, unfortunately, for CP3, and we have really had an opportunity after watching game one, him kind of fumble the ball around. You saw tonight that he wasn't on, and you know, the the, the same thing. He had wide-open threes as well, those pull-up transition threes where he normally just drops them and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. swings the momentum. He wasn't yeah. taking me. He was passing out of them. So, you know, but but here's the positive. You know, you have a couple more days of rest. It is a seven-game series. And coming to this game, I'll ask you this, Matthew. Like, did you honestly think that the Suns were going to win this? Or did you know L.A. was going to put punch back? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I thought the, the Suns were going to lose this game. <laughs> That's how I felt. Yeah. But this is the... I mean, just like we were doing the pod before, it's like you say, oh, yeah, the Suns will win in six, but then outside of the podcast, we would talk about like the Lakers are going to win. And that's the way you have to go about this because you don't want to give too much credit to the Suns, just like they don't want to themselves to go out there and play the best ball they can play because they know it's like it's still the Lakers. Even if you're out 3-0 on them in the series, Absolutely. it's still not over. So Absolutely. you have to believe that the Lakers are the better team every time going forward, even though in this matchup tonight, Suns have so many chances to win it. And if this is like the best Lakers team, and I don't even want to say it, they're just not as good as we think they're going to be. So, well, there you go. That's the point I was trying to, I'm, I'm getting to. You know, the, the Suns win by seven. And at one point, with, you know, about three minutes left in the game, it was a one point game. Now, granted, that that's where their strength is. They're superstars. And their superstars got them home. LeBron James made an unbelievably hard shot. Uh, Anthony Davis made a clutch three after a block on on uh, DeAndre Ayton on the other end. So they definitely earned this victory. But know that the Suns were without Chris Paul, and they only won by seven. And they had good performances from Anthony Davis and from LeBron James and Dennis Schroeder and, and Andre Drummond. And they had a solid performance. And Chris Paul was not healthy at all in this game. He ended up playing, what, a total of like 27 minutes? 20, 23 minutes. 23 minutes for Chris Paul. Yeah. Six points, five attempts from the field, uh, and five assists. 
if this is, you know, we hope this isn't super serious. I'm really interested to see what comes out in these next couple of days. But if it is something that just is a muscle injury and it's a, it's a nerve kind of thing and, you know, they give it more treatment for a couple more days and we head to L.A. And, it, and even if he's not right in the L.A. game, the next game after that is Sunday. You know what I mean? I mean, today's Tuesday. So if, if you go into that yeah. Sunday game and you're down to one, you get Chris Paul back to 80, 90 percent of health. This team can be scary because they do play defense. They play defense tonight. Again, 109. You know, I think that. uh there are a lot of positive things to take away from this game. I didn't think that the Lakers uh, were going to roll over at in any way, no. shape, or form, and, and they didn't. They made their adjustments, and you saw a lot of those adjustments, and the first adjustment that I saw tonight was the loose ball foul on uh, Anthony Davis kicking <laughs> Jake Crowder and his loose ball. The karate kick, huh? What the hell was that, man? <laughs> Come on, have, uh, way to pa- Paul the game. Urban in the chat says, why was Sarge put in the game so early? I hope it's because someone was injured. No, Jake Crowder had two fouls in the first 58 seconds, including yeah. one where he got kicked in the nuts and then was you know put on the bench. I mean, he was in foul trouble all night. But what do you he think was. of that karate that karate kid, you know, Mr. Miyagi, like, wax on, wax yeah, <laughs> dude. You know what? Honestly, what a way to start the game, right? That's the that's put them on the line, get those free throws going. You know, start get the tension up there a little bit. I hope it. I wish it was a little bit more blatant to where Anthony Davis was actually looking. Then it would have been in flagrant too. He would have been thrown out of the game. If I think if he was looking down at where he was kicking, I think he would have been thrown out. A little Draymond Green, right? Get him out of yes. there. A little payback, right? LeBron, we're gonna get you're gonna kick us in the nuts. All right, you know, and we're gonna. We're gonna have one of your guys is suspended. That's my that's my trash talk right there. That was pretty bad. Right, I would have been right in the crowd of cock. The crane kick. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was, and it was it was pretty nasty, man. This, this guy in the chat right here, he says it, it barely tapped him. He milked it. Uh, Mister Schweikert, is this a Lakers uh, fan? Um, have you been sack tapped before? If you get punched in the balls, it hurts less than a little sack tap, dude. Like he, oh, he, he tapped yeah. the nads. He definitely tapped the nads, and he went down. And don't get me wrong, yeah. it is it is the NBA, aka soccer, so everybody goes down hard. But I mean, I just thought that you know, obviously, I'm making light of the situation. Uh, there were adjustments, and you're going to see that throughout the series. And the primary adjustment that I saw was the fact that the Lakers were willing to go big in this series. And it's something we talked about entering game one. We wondered how much time Andre Drummond would spend on the court, how much time we would see AD playing the five. Because if AD plays the five, it almost plays into our hands because of our small ball lineup. Early on, you saw Marc Gasol get some minutes. Markeith Morris had some minutes. The, the, The Lakers saw that rebounding differential in game one, and they adjusted with size. They did, and honestly, it seemed like even the last game, Drummond started out kind of hot in that game. This game, same thing. And honestly, when you when you look at this game through the first quarter, everything was going wrong for the Suns, especially, of course, the rebounds. And they kind of shorted up towards the end, towards when it kind of mattered, even though they gave up a bunch of second-chance points, I think, in the early in the fourth quarter. But then after that, it was they kind of showed up, but they had to play team rebounding. And then that's what they had to do. And if I had to see the size thing one time for the once again on the graphic for the Lakers showing how they're six ten guys. It's like, is that even big? <laughs> like there's, there's Mark- two graphics that they're gonna show a ton during the series. How it's big the Lakers one. are and like what Chris Paul has done to every team that he's been to uh for the past five years, right? Yeah, it's it's those two. And honestly, with the sizing, yeah, I guess it matters. But the way the Suns were playing, though, turn the when you start turning the ball over early, it just yep. affects everything. No matter what you're trying to do out there offensively, defensively, if you're turning the ball over on just shit passes to where mm-hmm. they're just 
it's not really a lot to do with the size and length. It's just bad passes. And then Booker, towards the end of the first, started really picking up the ball um, and started like continuing to dribble and not pass out so quickly. He kind of took his time and slowed things down. But everything was going by so quick to where when you turn it over, everything else is going to go wrong, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's how did how did the Lakers beat the Warriors uh, in the playing game? It was it was real simple. Luck. No, no, <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> no, it, it, it's the simple fact that they uh, the Warriors in the second half just kept turning the ball over. You know, they were playing solid, but then they started to turn the ball over left and right. And, and they allowed yeah. the Lakers to stay in the game. Then you have tonight for the Phoenix Suns. And it was, you know, early and often in that first quarter alone, it was ridiculous uh, for turnovers. You had five turnovers led to nine of the Lakers first 12 points. I mean, you, you can't do that when you're when you're trying to come into a game, step on the throat of the opposition in your house. You can't do that. Um I'm stealing something from the Sun Solar Panel. So the shout out to them because normally we'd be doing this podcast with them, but I'll hit them with the little. Normally Dave mm-hmm. will stat us and maybe he'll join us a little bit later and he can get us with another stat. But yeah. the, the, the killer of this game for the Suns was those turnovers. They had 21, or I'm sorry, they had 13 turnovers to the Lakers five. Here's the difference. Or I'm sorry. I'm messing it up. I see the stat me Dave threw me off. We the the Suns had 13 turnovers. The the Lakers had nine, but the Lakers had five points off of or allowed five points off of those turnovers. The Suns allowed 21. So a 21 to five advantage for the Lakers. That's a what a 17 16 16 point uh, plus for the Lakers off of turnovers. Here's your game, folks. The Suns That's are known. Basically- yeah, the Suns are known for protecting the ball. And not having a lot of turnovers, and when you have that many turnovers, when you have twenty or when you have thirteen turnovers in a in a playoff game, and you give up twenty one points off of it. Chances are you're going to lose. Yeah, and honestly, when you have James Jones on the pregame even saying they're like, "What's the, what's going to win this game? Uh, don't turn the ball over." Suns come out, and we've had these games this season, right, where the Suns will turn it over in the first half, the first quarter, start out so slow. Not even really depending on the the opponent, they're just out of whack, and that's what they were tonight. Especially when you have Chris Paul not knowing how he's going to be, and then he's in and out of the lineup, basically out of the lineup. When the first quarter, you could just tell it's all wrong. It's not going to flow as well. It's not going to mm-hmm. be as crisp as it was. That throws everything out, out out the window. It really does on offense. You have to start making things up. And I think Booker had to take control, and I think he did a better job after turning the ball over three times in the first quarter. He held onto the ball. He did a really good job there. But when James Jones comes out and says, hey, don't turn it over, and you do, that's what's going to happen when you do turn it over. You're going to put yourself in a hole, even though it's like a 10 to 15-point hole, and you get back into it. To get back into it, all that energy, it's hard to overcome once you take the lead to expand the lead because you wasted all that energy, not wasted, but you use all that energy mm-hmm. to get back into the game. Well, to that's, where there's well, that's old Suns basketball, right? I mean, that's the, the yeah. Phoenix Suns of the past 10 years have been, uh, is a team that's been consistently down. So we've had to use a lot of energy to get back in the game and we ride that emotional roller coaster to get tying the game. And then we just don't have any gas left in the tank. Uh, yeah. ba- back to Devin Booker, you know, ends the night with 31 points. Seven for 17 from the field, but 17 out of 17 from the free throw line. And obviously a lot of that's junk. You know, he essentially ended with like 24 points because he had about seven made free throws, six six or seven made free throws at the end of the game. Uh, 
on those fouls that kind of boosted his overall scoring average yeah. uh, on the series now to what, 20 or 32 and a half. I think that's what he's, if math serves me right, he's had 65 points in two right. games. So, so yeah. there you go. Um, <laughs> but the, but the interesting about, you know, Devin Booker with, he only had three assists tonight and with Chris mm-hmm. Paul uh, playing the way that he is and, and barely playing, you're going to see a lot of the return to Booker having to play some vital playmaking minutes. You know, if, if that's yeah. the case going into game three and we'll do a, a game three preview in this uh, a little bit later, but yeah. I really thought that, you know, Devin Booker's ability to try to facilitate an offense at times was, was hampered again by uh, the length of the Lakers and their willingness. You know, th- that was the other adjustment is they just, they bum rushed book and you knew it was coming. You know, it's not like anything that the Lakers did, I was shocked by. I was having conversations with people on Twitter, conversations in person, conversations with friends via text, and they were like, "You know, go Suns, go Suns, we're going to win this game." I'm like, "I hope so," but know that adjustments are coming. The two things I'm, I, I expect is they're going to pull Da out of the the paint uh, and, and try to get him on, you know, switches to where yeah. he's kind of coming out, and you're going to have uh, Devin Booker is just going to get bum rushed, and that's you know two things that definitely happen. the The third factor that the Suns couldn't overcome tonight was the fact that Chris Paul wasn't there in the last five minutes of the game to facilitate the offense when we were down by, or when we were, when we had the game tied, if Chris Paul's in there, it's a different result. It is. And Devin Booker too, adjusting to having to play with campaign is something that you kind of want to watch. And especially in this game, because if campaign's going to play all game three, then Booker, when he, when he was on a hot streak in the second half and really got the Suns back into it, the campaign kind of takes, I can't play play he played a pretty good game. He played a very decent game Absolutely. for how taking up that many minutes, having to play for Chris Paul, he did the best he could. But then I, when I was kind of looking at Booker, I'm like, is he touching the ball enough? Is Booker having the ball in his hands enough with campaign on the floor? So I hope that in the second game with Chris Paul missing a lot of minutes, can campaign just give up some of those ball handling skills of Booker. I don't know if a lot of people are in favor of that, but just because campaign can be selfish in a way, that's good because he can finish around the rim, of course. But I think Book is going to do a better job at like forcing better passes, getting his teammates set up. And I think that'll help because uh, campaign tonight really, I think had a, a lot of the percentage of owning the basketball tonight. So yeah, he did. I mean, he went for 19 points and seven assists, three mm-hmm. rebounds. Uh, and he also had, he went six for 15 from the field. So uh, real quick, before we move on to our next segment, let's uh, let's go ahead and bring in Mr. Dave King coming live from Phoenix Suns arena. Hey, Dave. Dave, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going guys? Doing Good. well, doing we well. All the bad stuff out. So yeah, we've already talked about all the bad stuff. So, uh, <laughs> What are your? Oh, initial we're all thoughts? done with that. No, no. Yeah. There's, there, there's, there's pros. There's cons. I think the biggest pro is the fact that this is a seven-game series, and we lost by seven points with a hampered Chris Paul. Uh, what did you see in the arena tonight, hampered and, and is how an was understatement? Ex- yeah, I, mean, it, uh, I think is we he got be Tyler okay? Lewis tonight instead of Chris Paul. I don't know that. That's what it felt like out there. No, no offense to Tyler. Any uh, word is he going to be okay? We yeah. got no idea. Monty said they're just going to do the best they can to get him ready for the next game. That he didn't look, he didn't look like he was ready to play once they were out there. In the uh, in the third quarter, the Suns started out really slow, and I didn't. I kind of noticed towards the end once AD was forced to call a timeout when campaign was surrounding him. Was the crowd kind of like sitting down the whole third quarter? Did they not start getting into it towards the end of the third quarter because they seemed very very quiet? 
Um, well, you guys were, I mean, usually you can't hear the crowd on the phone. Uh, I mean, on the TV, the crowd was into it. They were definitely the into it. They just, they weren't as crazy. I mean, it's hard to get raucous when you're down 15, don't you think? I mean, yeah, if, if you're in the crowd, you're not going to be screaming quite as loud for, um, you know, missed shots and, and turnovers as you, as you would for made shots and, and leads. So, uh, but the crowd was still here. They were definitely into it. They were just waiting for the Suns to do something good. So when the when the Suns did come back in the third quarter, it was it was a huge, huge boost from the crowd. And the, the crowd was going nuts. Campaign was riling people up. I don't know if you guys saw any of that, but definitely the, the crowd was, was very much into it as the Suns came back and got into that game. You could tell we really missed Chris Paul in that last five minutes of the game. You know, Clark, Clutch time moments. That's where he thrives. Uh, hey, let's let, let's add Saul in here real quick. He's are, where are you at, Saul? What's going on, fellas? How we doing? Hey, uh, uh, listen, voice I got to run, guys. We got more interviews. All right, Dave. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you, Dave. Sorry, I wasted his time with that stupid question. <laughs> so, uh, have you lost your voice after screaming all night, Saul? <clears throat> Sorry, I can't. I can't hear anything you guys are saying. Maybe awesome. Bad. I guess I'll try again some other time. <laughs> All right. See you later. This has been great. <laughs> Take care, Saul. <laughs> All right. There you go. Live from inside and outside the arena. Uh, yeah. Two guys who were very, very busy and can't hear us. But you could tell by Saul's voice, you know, to kind of answer your question, Matthew, it sounded like the the, Sun, the Suns fans were just waiting. They're waiting for that moment. They got that moment. But, you know, again, missing Chris Paul is absolutely uh, – it, it's, it's something we're going to have to continue to monitor. And, again <sighs> – it's just not fair. It's not fair, man. And I was actually going to ask him about the body language too from the Lakers bench because yeah. I feel like the whole game, they didn't really seem really into it. So I just wanted to see what it looked like during timeouts, but we'll find out next time. The Sarich Smoke Break. Whoo, doggy. I'm going to need a smoke break after watching Dario Sarge play tonight, my friend. He uh, <sighs> obviously was given a lot of minutes early, seen as... Uh, Jay Crowder was in foul trouble. Jay Crowder ended with four personal fouls, but had two personal fouls right off the bat and only played five first half minutes after he got his third personal foul almost once he came back in the game. Yeah. Uh, so Jarvis Arch only he ends with 15 minutes, but it felt like 45 because just, you know, uh, really a, a frustrating performance. Uh, you know, he had a steal. He had a rebound. He had two points, had a couple turnovers in his time. Uh, on the court, but you know, Matthew, what was what did you take notes on on Dario Sarch and were they pretty? I did. I'll read them. Uh, <laughs> grease on the ball, playing on a slip and slide, uh, in for Crowder. It looked like Sarch was on a slip and slide playing, uh, putting a crouched <laughs> body on Drummond to box out. That was one play that was really All right, good. Well, let's back up. Let's talk Sarge about the slip and slide first. Let's let's talk about the, the slip and slide first. You know, we we don't talk about it very much. Uh, but we definitely like every time DeAndre Ayton fumbles a ball, like everybody's like, oh, hands. Dario Sarge fumbles the ball way more than DeAndre Ayton. And I like every time he gets the ball, I'm like nervous. It's like trying to help your grandmother up out of a wheelchair to walk across the room. You're just like very fragile. Like, it's yes. okay, Grandme, Granny, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to help you. You know, and like yes. that's every time he has the ball, that's how I felt or it got near him. And it's like, you know, I love Dario Sarge. And I, I, I just, I'm at a loss for where he, like, this is, he's not athletic against a team mm -hmm. that is big and they're going to push him around. And to your point on Andre yeah. Drummond, 
Andre Drummond was throwing him around tonight, dude. He was Andre Drummond's bitch tonight. He was. And honestly, last time we had the pot, I was like, use up your fouls more, Sarich. You know, put your body into him more. Try to just rough it up. Um, I, he just didn't do that. He didn't have the time. I mean, these guys out there around Sarich, they're going like 10 times as fast now with the playoffs. Like with these two games, because it is a playoffs, the guys seem like they're twice as big, twice as fast. So it's going to be very, very difficult to keep them in the games. The adjustment needs to be made, right? Next game where Sarge just doesn't enter the game. I don't, I yeah. mean, if he does, I don't know how you put him back into the game. Even Tory Craig's probably going to be brought up pretty soon. What is he doing? Why is he not playing? Is it a size thing too? Well, I just think he's a better option. I mean, who else? If you're going to throw, if Chris Paul throws that pass to Sarge, when Tory Craig cut to the basket and dunked, Sarge is not going to be able to do any of the, anything with the ball right there. You know what I mean? It's nope. just like plays like that where you just need a Tory Craig or someone else that's more athletic that can give you an option. Or, or to have some sense of size. You know, at least Frank Kaminsky has size. And I'll give a shout out to Code because Code says this almost every podcast. Dario has eight in hands for feet. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just like, and, and Montana true. says that's it's perfect. pronounced Sharich. I ain't pronouncing his name yeah, right until he does some shit right. No, no, no. He does not deserve to have his name around. Oh, I'm not sorry. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not Sarich. Uh, you know, Sarich, not Sarich. I just, it's, it's frustrating to see that he is getting those minutes. You know, Tory Craig had five minutes in this game. He had three minutes in the last game, and I, I know that Tory Craig might not necessarily be the answer, but Monty is playing Dario for a reason, and yeah. this is one of those things. Is uh, it, it's one of those frustrating things where. Monty's loyalties to his rotations and to his player, a la Elia Kobo for the first half of last season. It might cost the Suns. Torrey Craig might not be the answer, but you know what? He's he's a lot more athletic. And he's he's mm-hmm. I trust him a little bit more. You know what? When Chris Paul went down the lane and made one of his assists, it was Torrey Craig, and Torrey Craig dunked it. If Dario yeah. Sarge tried that, he would have hit the rim and fell down, man. Did I just say that? <laughs> That's what Pro- I just said. Probably. I'm sorry. I was just. I'm. I'm it's okay. I'm, re- I'm you know, reading all the. Uh, the I know. You know it's, Dario it's Sarch has concrete feet from Los Phoenix yeah, Suns. You, you know, it's man, sticking I mean, better than Frank's. I'm Ugh. telling you, man. Just like the lead for the Lakers, it was always just so close for the Suns. It's just like Dario Sarch on the floor, man. He's just so close to getting the ball or doing something, but it's just not there. It just couldn't happen. That's the way the Suns were tonight. Exactly the way Sarch played is really, really strange. Well, on, on the other side of Dario Sarch, if we're going to talk, uh, continue talking about the Suns' bigs. Ayton Watch 2021. DeAndre Ayton, man. I mean, yeah. this guy is uh, aggressive again. You know, I loved early in the game when Andre Drummond tried to get a flop called. And, you know, that that's one of those moments where, you know, DA kind of backed into him. Andre Drummond went flying and he did the spin around in the past. He just kind of lay that one up. Like he dunked that. Like mm-hmm. we had like five or six dunks from DA tonight uh, ends the night with an, an impressive stat line, 42 minutes played uh, 11 for 13 from the field, 22 points, 10 rebounds, eight of those coming in the, uh, in the second half, only two offensive rebounds tonight, but you look at it. He is now 24, what 24 in this in this series yeah. you know from the field uh averaging 21 and a half points it's just unbelievably fantastic he's he was really good tonight again and that reverse lay-in where i thought it was campaign at first taking the ball to the rim <laughs> i was like are you serious yeah, like that, dude, was that, that was 
that was pretty crazy. I mean, he actually, he went up when he went towards the rim. I'm like, how is he going to dunk this when he goes back under? It's like, what? He reversed that? So that was insane. My second favorite play, though, was when he had the ball against LeBron James and he was down on the block. He backed him up, backed him up, passed him out, passed the ball out. After that, I think it was a shot clock violation or something happened. But mm-hmm. next time he went back down to the other side of the floor, Chris Paul got in his face. And I was like, I wonder what they're talking about. I'm like, oh, yeah. He told him, he's like, no, you take LeBron. Yeah. You abuse him if you have to. Because honestly, yeah, LeBron's big. But a little jump hook over that dude, it's it's there. Just don't be scared of him. I think that's what Chris Paul told him. And I love that dude. And honestly, I think that he just needed to be a little bit more aggressive tonight when there was the shot clock violation where he got blocked by Anthony Davis on the yes. backside. That was he a just horrible needed, play call coming yeah, out of the timeout. It was, but he had the jump hook before that. He yeah, had it before he that. He did, and, and he, he passed, just, he passed it. it back out. So he had that. It just he passed out of it. That was like the one bad play tonight by him. Yeah, but outside of that, I mean, it's what another thing that I found interesting is uh, of all the adjustments that I thought the Lakers would make, I thought eight would be a primary adjustment. Now, granted, one of the things that they did was everything they could to keep him off the glass early, and that that's what they did with the Drummond moments is essentially they were pulling him out of the paint. They were doing switches that would put him onto AD and then they were pulling and then AD would you know run to the corner or, or have the ball uh, up on the, on the key. And what that equates to is the, the Lakers having the ability to pass a couple times, take a shot. And if they miss it, you have Andre Drummond down low to mop up the mess and, and mop up the mess. He did. He had 15 points, 12 rebounds, five offensive rebounds and 24 minutes played. And he had a double double with three minutes left in the second half or in the first yeah. second quarter. So, yeah. I mean, he, he did the majority of his damage in the first half. This, then the, uh, the Lakers kind of pivoted in the second half. So that was the one adjustment they made for DA. But again, you know, the back end of the game, he was finding his rebounds. He was getting more aggressive on the, on the boards. He was kind of figuring out, you know, and that, that's the thing with DA is you're watching him start to figure out, hey, this is what they're doing to me. And I'm, I'm sure that at halftime when Monty is making the adjustments, he's going to his coaches and and they're giving him kind of some some feedback. It's like, hey, here's what they're trying to do to you. So don't let them do it to you. You know, If Andre Drummond's going to kind of sneak away and they're going to try to pull you out of the paint, whether it's AD Anthony Drummond or AD Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. stay as close to that paint. I noticed that in the second half. He started staying close to the paint, started getting more rebounds. Uh, offensively, you know, he, he carried the load, you know, it was him and Devin Booker again, you know, again, that's the disadvantage of CP three being hurt is he typically due to his ability to be a threat offensively can also get other guys involved because you can collapse on him and the Lakers aren't doing it right now, or I'm sorry, the Suns aren't doing it right now, but I mean, Deandre Ayton, fantastic performance again, uh, being aggressive, being everything that Suns fans have wanted him to be when the lights are shining the brightest, the future is bright for this gentleman. He knows that when uh, it comes time for a couple extensions at the end of this season, the playoffs is where you earn that money. And so far, he's two for two in his games. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. And my favorite part, the TNT broadcast where they have the, si- the sound bites from Monty Williams. And usually I don't care about these because usually it's like, come on, let's go. But Monty talking to him about... Me. Yeah, that's all it usually is. And they, he was telling them, hey, like mentally, like don't let it get inside your head. You're wasting energy. You got to use that energy for something else. Like it's stuff you don't ever hear from coaches uh, from the sideline. Of course, they don't release everything. But the way that he talks to DA, I love seeing that because you never get to see that or hear that. But you know Monty's like that all the time with him. And that's such a big help, too. That's why D is having such a good postseason right now, two games in. Two games in, and you know Tim and Devin Booker, you know, and and shout out to yeah. Devin Booker again. You know, we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, but you know he's 
he's shouldering the offensive load and that's what superstars do. And that's what we talked about, or I know that I talked about prior to this postseason beginning is Devin Booker would have to, we would need him to score at least 25 to 30 points a night because that's what stars do. And if you want to be that superstar, you have to prove that. You know what? The, the thing that really shocks me is I guess it doesn't shock me because Devin Booker is the biggest believer in Devin Booker, but you see it in his face. That dude is confident as a motherfucker, dude. And he believes in himself and his team believes in him. And you know, as this series progresses, and that's the beautiful thing. It's a seven game series. Yeah. There's, there, there, there's you know, it's going to sway back the other way, uh, you know, but I think that his ability to score, to get to his spots. And, and again, with pressure coming at him with size coming at him, you know, seven for 17, not the sexiest night, but understanding, hey, I can get to the free throw line. I, I, I'm learning how these guys defend, so I'm going to put them in compromising situations that are going to benefit me, just like other teams do to us. Yeah, absolutely. And he does look comfortable. He looks like he's been here before. That was one thing I was nervous about. It's just how, I mean, of course, he had three turnovers early, only one since after just the first quarter. He seriously just looks so good out there. I trust him a lot. And I went through my trust rankings where I trust DA and Mikael Bridges before Booker. But yeah, they're right in there together, right? Because Mikael Bridges, too, playing some really hell of a good defense, dude, out there against LeBron, doing the best he can, exerting himself on that end. Let's, let's talk about Mikael Bridges. Yeah. Let's, let, let's talk about Mikael Bridges, okay? Uh, yeah, he is surprisingly matching up well with LeBron. Uh, I didn't think that a guy who's 60 pounds lighter would have the ability to do so. And this, again, shows you that LeBron James is a little bit hampered. Um, I think that he is starting to play himself into shape, and that's the scary thing for the Phoenix Suns, obviously, is as Anthony Davis and LeBron James gain more confidence in their bodies and their capabilities, it's going to be tougher and tougher to guard them, and that's why it's so vital to make sure that people like Dennis Schroeder and and Andre Drummond don't have positive impacts. But Mikael yeah. Bridges thus far has had the ability to to body up LeBron James effectively. What's been disappointing about Mikael Bridges is his offensive load so far. He has six points tonight, two threes, two big threes. It was the first, you know, his first three was the first points of the game, and he hit yeah. one in the fourth, uh, but only six shot attempts. And on, again, a night where Chris Paul isn't playing, and, yeah. you know, so, so there's extra shots to be taken. Essentially, those extra shots were taken by campaign, who, again, ended with 19 points, but had 15 shot attempts. And we're not seeing the cutting on offense. We're seeing uh, Mikael Bridges, understandably so, is probably a little fatigued because he has to play, D up LeBron James and get switched on to AD. And, you know, he's, he's playing guys that are 60 pounds heavier than him. Yeah, and honestly, if LeBron James and Anthony Davis do find their way back in shape, that's fine. They're still they're still a bitch, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that. I don't know. Shout totally out good. to uh, Glenn Brown, one of our jamsters watching along live with us right now. A $5 donation that'll go towards our Suns playoff tickets. If you yeah, want to hit the chat, we're trying to get to go to the Suns game, maybe game five of the NBA Finals, baby. Uh, but he yeah. says, hey, thanks, <laughs> so, hey, thanks guys, for keeping the energy up after a loss. On to the next one, which is absolutely true. A uh, couple other things I, I have in my notes. Uh, Cam Johnson hit two threes to end the, the third yeah. quarter and, you know, 27 minutes from him tonight. And he also had to play a little bit of defense on LeBron. Mm -hmm. And LeBron hit that insane shot over him that was very vital in under three minutes left in the game, uh, falling away. But, I mean, I, if you force LeBron into that shot, that's good defense. That's the best you can do. LeBron's going to hit that shot because he is LeBron. Uh, but 
but Cam Johnson's two for four from the field, the six rebounds, the one assist, or I'm sorry, the one assist, the three rebounds, the six points. Uh, what do you think of Cam Johnson's performance tonight and, you know, over these first yeah. two games? Uh, solid. I think he actually played very good on the box out. He was facing up his man down under the paint, which he has to do. You know, that's what I want Sarge to do. He could do it a few times, or he tried to do it a few times. One of the times worked. But Cam Johnson did a pretty decent job there. Maybe not even really getting the rebound, but tipping it out. Just facing up his guy, face guarding them under the rim. That is the best thing he could do. I actually put a note when I the Suns were down by 15 and Book helped him come back. I put, I was like, in my notes, I put, we need six three-pointers the rest of the game from uh, somebody else other than Booker, other than whoever else can help us out. Campaign had two of them. Cam Johnson had two to end the third. And the Jay Crowder only had the one big one with the foul, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. was amazing. It was huge. It's like, it's like if we had that one more three-pointer when we we're up by one, who knows, man? It might have been a different ending to the game. But Cam Johnson, he's doing what he needs to do. I feel like he'll, he's fully healed, right? I mean, he's using his body on yeah. defense. Oh, yeah. He's putting himself out there. He doesn't look like he's afraid of anything. It is the playoffs, but he hit some big shots tonight, dude. And that's nice to know that. That's nice. We don't have to worry about him. Jay Crowder had the off night, even though he had that one big shot, which was really nice that he had. But he had the off night. He could have got a couple threes. That would have been great. But Cam Johnson, I thought he absolutely did uh, pretty good tonight, man. I like and, him. And, and that's going to be a key to this series moving forward is Cam Johnson's going to have to have the ability to pour some points in because we're not getting much offense from other places. You know, if you go down the stat line and you look at the starting five for the Los Angeles Lakers tonight, you had zero points from Catavius Caldwell Pope. But then you had 24 from Schroeder, 15 from Drummond, 23 from James, and, tw- and 34 from Davis. Okay, their bench had a total of, let's math it, 13 points tonight. Okay, the Suns, you had 31 from Book, 22 from Aiton, and then it's eight from Crowder, six from Bridges, six from Paul. And then our bench had a total of, let's see, math real quick, 29 points. So 29-13, obviously campaign had to have the majority of those because Chris Paul didn't play very much. But you're going to need more offensive performance from either Bridges or Crowder. That's what it comes down to. And I Mm -hmm. said that coming into the series. The role players are going to be vital because they're going to have the open shots. Cam Johnson went two for four off the bench, two for four. Uh, Mikhail Bridges from three went two for four. You got to get them a couple more shots. You have to have the ability to, you know, Booker's got to get ball out of his hands and create another offensive threat. And, you know, this is a tough defensive team we're playing against. I was talking to somebody today at work and we're like, hey, if we get to, if we can somehow get through the Lakers, like it really opens up because the one, the confidence that the Suns would have if they can defeat the Lakers. And two, you're not going to run into much more difficult defense than the Los Angeles Lakers in in this playoffs. You're just not. So, you know, Cam Johnson is going to be a vital cog moving forward. I think that his confidence is obviously up. He knows that, you know, he feels comfortable uh, and it'll be interesting to see how he performs moving forward. Uh, I do want to bring real quick. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah let, let's hit this one. SB Nation says. So I was hanging out on Silver Screen Roll, which is the SB Nation site for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I come with you, Jamsters, with a few words that they said in their live game thread about the Phoenix Suns. Aiden looks like the best big in this series. He knows how to play center. Yeah, he does. Is that what you do? No matter what I say, you're like, yep, correct. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, Aiden, he proved himself. I mean, he absolutely did. And 
that's all I got to say, man. We just had to eat and watch, so well, <laughs> spoil but, it all but, there. But, but, but here's what I'll say. From the outside looking in, he's impressing people outside of the Suns organization. The impact of that, the impact of Dayton's play in the offseason will necessitate some something close to a max contract. Because if you have the Lakers watching him, and they're like, damn, he's the best big out there. Hey, you know, Andre Drummond's kind of old. You know, Marcus Saul, he's about to retire. Mm-hmm. Let's go get Aiden. You can see it happening. So the outside, the outside looking in, the optics on who DeAndre Aiden is. Just remember that, Suns fans. When you're sitting there complaining about the fact that he doesn't always dunk, uh, everyone around the league would like an opportunity to do uh, or to have DeAndre Aiden. Um, the, that's the game script we want. Let the role players help carry the burden early, then close the show with our hammers, Braun and AD. That's exactly what happened tonight, man. The guy who killed us tonight above all else was Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder had 24 points on eight of 16 shooting six for six from the free throw line. His offense is what really hurt this or hurt the Phoenix Suns tonight. He was, yeah, he was, and honestly, a lot of people talked about him being the X factor for the Lakers. It's totally true. He is, honestly, okay. So Anthony Davis, he ended the game great. He had the one big three at the end, fantastic. I know he had more than thirty points, but I'm just telling you, from just watching the game and not the box score, we do this for Aiden all the time. Uh-huh. If Aiden has a great game, we can tell without looking at the box score. If I were to ask, if I were to be like Anthony Davis had thirty points in this game, are you fucking kidding me? I don't feel like he even showed it's up. It's the free as throw much line, he, man. He went 18 for 21 from the free throw line. Oh, absolutely. And he's going to. I guess that's his game, right? Getting to the free throw line. But these guys, I don't even care. We already lost this game. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they show how beautiful they are tonight. If this is the way, I mean, Kellen Olsen says something about it. You're going to see tonight whether or not LeBron James has it in him, basically, to show tonight what he's going to be like the rest of the series. And it's totally true. So he's a setup man. And I think just like the bench behind him and the setup guys like Schroeder, Pope went over nothing tonight. Yeah. He even got yelled at in the face by LeBron and like that showed him crazy. up to everybody. Like why, I, dude? I if I had a leader like that, that was suck ass because that's all for the cameras. All right, I'm just saying tonight with this game, if that's the best they're gonna play, the Suns have this. They have this series as long as Chris Paul can get at least to 89 percent because this. The whole game itself, he started out sucky, Anthony Davis. Then he did okay. I just don't, I don't see it. That's I don't some see how he can, analysis he can't, right he there. Can't he win, started he out can't sucky. Win. He can't win them a game though. I don't think he can. LeBron can. He can hit big shots. But then when when he starts to hit his big shots, and then the Suns start to, you know, when the, as soon as he started hitting his shots, LeBron, then the Suns started hitting their threes. It's like, well, you can't match him. You have to do it before he does that. And I don't yes. think Anthony Davis, I don't believe in him to win me a game. So I'm just saying, if they're going to play like that, I don't think the Suns have an issue as long as Chris Paul's Paul, uh, healthy. Well, again, therein lies the ultimate X factor. And the next statement on SB Nation says, I would put Chris Paul in pick and rolls at some point. He just doesn't look right. So, I mean, obviously yeah. that's, you know, everybody saw that and it, that, that's a valid point that, and that's adjustment to look for as we move towards game three is if they try to, you know, we saw them pestering Chris Paul on uh, the offensive end. They might try to take advantage of him in the defensive end. Dennis Schroeder did a little bit. Uh, he goes, if they make at least half their wide open threes, this game wouldn't be close. They being the Lakers and the first half, that's true. You know, this, if you look at the Lakers and how they've shot the three ball so far this series, uh, 30% in this game, and they didn't shoot well in the last game. And at one point, they were like two for 15. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, they're not necessarily a great three-point three, sh- three point shooting team, but 
But again, something to keep an eye on and that Lakers fans are noticing. Uh, I think the Phoenix crowd has had an effect on the Lakers. It's been a long time since they played in such a hostile environment. Way to go, Suns fans. All of you who were there tonight, way to make that a hostile yeah. environment, baby. That's what it's about. And then after LeBron hit that three, Dagger Baby should have blown the Mar Mario Ellie kiss of death after that one. Hey, yikes. They ain't a fucking game seven, okay? You only kiss no, us after a game seven. Jesus yeah, and Le Le LeBron's back, dude. I can't wait. Oh, just because they're not hitting their wide open threes, that's why they lose games. That's why it's close. It's like that's every fucking game, dude. So yes. I honestly don't want to hear that. What I see on the court is a team in the Suns that can really, really hang with the Lakers. And I'm telling you, dude, if they have the Chris Paul in the end with clutch, we're we're there. We got this. Well, series. let's let's go right into our our game three preview. So the game three will occur on Thursday evening at seven p.m. Matthew. I was thinking of coming down yeah. and watching the game at Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers with you and doing the podcast at your place. Let's do it. Can we do that? Absolutely. Let's do it. Watching I it can here, ask him. I'll ask him tomorrow if we can do the pod from. <laughs> yeah, seriously, please do. That'd be fantastic. With the audio. Yeah. yeah, the audio will no. be fine. Our audio. Let's do it. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, game three is on Thursday. There's going to be some adjustments there. Mm -hmm. What's the, you know, outside of CP3 being healthy? Because that's mm -hmm. the number one adjustment. CP3 is healthy in this game. We win, dude. There's like. Think about that, Lakers fans. Think about that. Mm -hmm. We have to have a hurt CP3 for you to beat the Suns. How good are you? But outside of that as an adjustment, are there any other adjustments you think that the Suns should make uh, in a, in ability to beat the Lakers come, uh, come Thursday? Because it's going to be tough. It's going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be you know Devin Booker's first playoff road game. DeAndre Ayton's first playoff road game. The emotion is going to be different in that house. and They have to be prepared for that. They do. And honestly, if if you're one adjustment, it's going to be the turnovers, right? You know, it, it's a low scoring game for the NBA today. The way these games are going to be 109, 102, it's kind of low scoring, right? That's pretty low. I honestly think if they're going to slow it down a little bit more, that would be nice. I want them to slow it down in the first quarter. No more of this BS to just turn the ball over, thinking someone's going to go somewhere and they're not, you know, make the right decisions quick. I mean, this team, even with Chris Paul being hurt, and I said it throws all, everything off in the, off in the offense. You have a day tomorrow. Maybe they can practice some things. If campaign's going to get a lot of minutes, maybe fill him in on some things to where he can be, uh, you know, adjustable in that offense to where you're not turning the ball over so much. And these passes are just, they have to be better. That is the one thing. Just be smart with the passes because when yep. you're down, 14 to 10 or whatever in the first quarter, you barely get over 20 points. It's like, that's fine. But you have to realize when you have the Lakers down that way and LeBron's not getting going, you can't match him. Like I said, with his three pointers and his shot, that's when you got to take care of business. And honestly, if the Suns were just to minimize those turnovers, it would have been a good game and a better outcome for the Suns fans. And Thursdays, that's what I'm looking for, man. Just don't turn the ball over as much. Of course, you're gonna have some, but just be better with the ball. No, I completely agree. I think that again, it's like the Warriors game against the Lakers in the play-in game where they almost lost that game. Uh, they were helped by the Warriors turning the ball over, and it wasn't forced turnovers by the Lakers. You know, don't get me wrong, there were some tonight. You know, Anthony Davis on defense was legit tonight. He's playing the passing lanes. He was playing like free safety, just waiting for those cross-court passes. He's picking them off. But a lot of the, the turnovers tonight for the Suns and for the Warriors last Wednesday were unforced turnovers. And yeah. because of that, you know, you allowed the Lakers an opportunity to get up early. Because if you look at how this game played out, in the first quarter, the Suns were outscored by six. In the second quarter, they were outscored by zero. 
In the third quarter, they were outscored by one. In the fourth quarter, they were outscored by zero. So it came down primarily to that first quarter where they turned the ball over a ton. They had like eight turnovers in the first quarter. You shore that up, you take care of the ball, good things are going to happen for this team. You know, so I think that that's a, a, a an adjustment. Obviously, they're going to have to make. I think another yeah. adjustment is uh, on those traps for Devin Booker. You need to have the ability to create a couple different scoring options on you know for you. So uh, they need to run some trap plays. They need to have the ability to have okay, if a trap play runs on the uh, you know from the high pick and roll area uh, headed towards the left key, you're going to send Jay Crowder. Uh, to catch the ball, and then you're going to hit, you know, DeAndre and down low. You, you know, you, ha- you have to scheme a little bit better because the traps are going to yeah. come at Devin Booker, and that's just, you know, that that's just a fact. Devin Booker will be trapped a little bit more, uh, especially with the high emotion that will be occurring in the Staples Center. Uh, that will happen if if Chris Paul's healthier. Um, you will see a little bit more of the pick and roll because there was a lot of really good pick and rolls tonight. You know, the the disadvantage for the Lakers due to their size is they're not great at defending the pick and roll. If you bring in Mark Gasol, if you bring in, you know, even Andre Drummond, not good on the pick and roll, but CP3 didn't have the capability to take advantage of him because he's hurt right now. He's gimped. He's got no right arm, you know, and uh, because he could have cooked him tonight if he really wanted to. So I'm looking for Chris Paul to hopefully feel a little bit better come game three and have the ability to utilize those pick and rolls to cook uh, uh, Andre Drummond, get him out of the game. Yeah, and honestly... I was thinking that too. If Chris Paul can just get him on one on one and with he's when he's healthy, he would have cooked them. And that's one thing I totally missed tonight. Well, another problem that the Suns had tonight was, you know, I think that the fast break is an is an area in which the Suns could win against the the, the Los Angeles Lakers. They're just a slower team. I mean, they're a bigger team. They're not necessarily known for their their fast break capability, just like the Suns. We're we're two teams that kind of live in the middle. Uh, relative to fast breaks. Uh, but you look at game one and the Suns outscored the Lakers 16 to nine on the fast break. Tonight, they were outscored 15 to four. And the Suns had plenty of opportunities to get on the fast break, but they did a couple yeah. things. One, they turned the ball over on the fast break a lot. And two, they would shut the fast break down. They would just hold it and, and let mm-hmm. LA get into that set defense. And you can't let yourself get into that or uh, allow LA to get in that set defense because they're a great defensive team so if you know one of the advantages they had last week or on, on the, the game on sunday was the ability to get on the fast break high energy get some dunks getting the crowd you know even even more riled up and you just didn't see that tonight so i think that that's something that monty needs to kind of take a look at it's like listen you're gonna have to uh get the ball out and, and get moving in take care of it in transition yep correct correct though uh if you look at the rebounds tonight 39 for the Lakers, 31 for the Suns, eight on the offensive boards for the Lakers, four for the Suns. So another adjustment is obviously, I, I, I think Dario Sarge has got to be the adjustment, man. I think Torrey Craig, he's a better rebounder than Dario. He's, what are we missing then? What are we missing with Torrey Craig though? To where I, he's I honestly play? think I honestly think that Monty Williams has an affinity for Dario Sarge because he's a guy who helped him in the bubble last year. He came back. He wanted to be a part of this team. He chose to come back in restricted free agency. So Monty has a loyalty to him, and we've seen this with Monty Williams in the past. He's loyal to guys like Elliot Kobo last year, He to a fault. And I don't know what Torrey Craig does in like his three minutes in game one and his five minutes in game two where he comes in and, and then he gets – pulled off the court, you know, he'll have a nice rebound. He'll have a dunk. And then like he's sitting on the bench and Dario's out there like tripping over his white shoes that he was wearing tonight. 
Do you think we lost the game because of Dario's minutes? I, I wouldn't. Yes, I would say yes. Because it was bad. He was like a he's like a piece of bread out there doing. He's like getting sliced up the whole night. It was terrible. <laughs> he, uh, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. But yeah, we already talked about it. Sorry. Well, <laughs> it, it, it might be write an article for Bright Side of the Sun worthy to talk about how bad Dario's minutes were. Because I mean, he Not just that mean. no. I'm I'm that mean. <laughs> I would definitely be like, yo, Dario needs to sit down. I mean, Dave King tweeted it out after after the first quarter. He said 10 minutes, zero points, two rebounds, two turnovers, two personal fouls. That was Dario Sarch's first quarter when Jay Crowder uh, was out of the game. And that was yeah. the quarter that we lost. That was the most important quarter. The first quarter, coming into this game, we knew that the first quarter would be the most important one because you knew the Lakers were going to come out punching and, <laughs> and kicking in the balls. You know, they're yeah. going to come in, they're going to come out punching and kicking and they got Jay Crowder instantly in foul trouble, put Dario out there for a prolonged period of time. And the Suns, you know, we were thankful that they were up after six or they were down after six after the first quarter and second quarter because Dario's minutes were just absolutely abysmal. So when we hand out this award, I know it's not going to Dario Sarge. Jam star of the game. Who are you giving the jam star of the game to? And uh, if you're in the chat, let us know who your jam star of the game is, man. Oh, man, it has to be maybe Eaton, but I'm going to say Booker. And honestly, Booker should have had more shot attempts. When he got hot when we were down by 15, he brought us back. Keep getting him the ball. He should have had the ball a lot more in the third quarter going into the fourth. Campaign took it away from him a little bit. There's that thing where you just, you know, if someone's hot, give them the ball. Just keep going to it. And especially when it's Devin Booker. You got. I know campaign. He, he put up some good numbers tonight. He did the best he could, but you have to have your all star Devin Booker. Where we're like debating whether or not he's a star on the TNT broadcast. I don't even understand what the <laughs> hell that was. That almost. I almost turned it if I knew where the fuck the remote was. I would have turned it. But he honestly, he should have just had more shot attempts, man. He should have shot at least twenty five times twenty five times tonight. He only had seventeen. That's pretty nuts. But he's my jam star. <laughs> Uh, you got it's all over the place. You got some eight and love. You got some book love. Uh, you got some campaign love tonight, you know, for being the guy who stepped in in the absence of Chris Paul and provided some semblance of offense and, uh, you know, providing some assists and and hints of big shots, you know, campaign for yeah. the points in the most important parts of the game. So AZ Suns cards says in the chat uh, Booker because he had the most points. Uh, I, I'm again, I'm going to give it to DeAndre Ayton, man. I mean, he is continually fortifying the fact that he is the number one pick in the draft because he is playing fantastic basketball right now. Yes. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I agree with you. I think that Devin Booker needs to shoot a little bit more in a game in which you know that CP3 is gone. Like Booker needs to throw up a 40 spot, preferably an efficient 40 spot. And and don't get me wrong. You know, the Lakers are they're counting on that and they're game planning against that. So they're trying to negate him from taking those shots. And that's what happened tonight. He probably would have had 24 shots if he had one-on-one -on -one coverage and had the ability to take those shots, but he's getting doubled, push off his spots. He just, they wouldn't let him get to his spots tonight as much as he did in game one. Therefore he only ended with the 31 points and uh, what was it? Six for 15 or six for seven, seven for 17 shooting uh, on the evening. So I give my jam star in this game to Deandre Ayton because he is, shoring up that interior he is scoring those those baskets that are so vital so unbelievably vital in the playoffs or the easy baskets because yes. you're gonna have to make a lot of hard ones and you can't miss the easy ones and he was fucking dunking tonight he was yeah, throwing keep them dunking, down big boy keep, keep dunking, dunking big boy and and kudos to the Suns for getting to the free throw line you know for making the attempt early and often and this is a big part of Devin booker 
But getting to that free throw line, I mean, they ended up shooting a total of uh, how many free throws tonight? 20 to 30. 20 to 30. I say, I see 30. 30. Oh, well, yeah, but they had 30 shot attempts. The Lakers had 31 shot attempts. You know, so I mean, that's that's getting to that's getting to the line. That's they had as many free throws in the first quarter of this game than they did the entire game one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kudos to the Suns for making that adjustment. It's something you're going to have to continue to see moving into game three. Uh, but you know, plenty. How 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 are you feeling going into game three? How are you mm-hmm. feeling as a Suns fan? Oh, it's tough, dude. This was a tough loss. You know, we haven't done this podcast during a loss for the playoffs, so this is first time for everything. It. Yeah, it sucks. And honestly, when the Suns were close, they were up by one. It's like you have to take advantage of that to pull away, and they didn't. And at that time, I was like. It sucks, but it was expected in a way. It's like if they were to win that, that is the first time any of my teams have ever done anything to win a valuable game ever. Because that winning two games in a row against LeBron James and the Lakers, historically great for my team honors. But it didn't happen. And honestly, it was kind of expected. I'm not feeling too bad. Like I said before, dude, if we can get Chris Paul healthy, just a little bit more healthier, then I think we're going to be fine. So I'm not one and one's good. If we can come back tied two to two, That'd be perfect. Yes, sir. Well, and I'll tell you what, two and zero sure to sound better. I'd be on cloud nine oh right now. If That's insane, though, right? Did you really expect that to happen, though? Like, no, no, I didn't. Uh, it's impossible. But we had a shot at it, and I think that yeah. that's important. Again, Chris Paul with one arm, not just not playing minutes. You know, the difference between this and last game is he actually played minutes in the last game, and uh, was a decoy at least. But I mean, we only lost by seven with Chris Paul down. This team is going on the road. It's going to be tough. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose game three. I would not be surprised. But you know what? I do expect them to split that series in L.A. I really do. This team is tough mentally. They have grit. They play defense. Defense travels. So, you know, you you can't show me a Lakers fan right now who's truly comfortable with the way that their team played tonight uh, in this victory. I mean, they, they, they'll talk all the shit that they want to because that's what Lakers fans do. They think that, you know, I think, what what is it like uh, – Magic Johnson's God, Kobe Bryant is Jesus, and like LeBron James, the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit, or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like they've got this whole like, uh, it's pretty nice though. Illuminati shit. Yeah, we're like Steve Nash. <laughs> I Steve got Nash, Barbosa, <laughs> Tom Chambers. You know, so it's like, yeah. But still, a lot of Lakers fans, based on what I was seeing in the SB Nation silver screen and roll tonight, they're nervous about this Suns team. Because it's a team yeah. that plays with grit. It's a play a team that that is pestering. You know how how much do you think Lakers fans hate Cameron Payne? Oh, absolutely. Because you don't know anything about him going into the series, right? Yeah. Like okay, Chris Paul's hurt. We don't. You know he's better than any backup they have. So of course they're going to be very very upset and annoyed. It's like Caruso Caruso 2.0. Yeah, he is their Jack Taylor Award winner tonight. If they're doing their podcast, absolutely. Because he had 19 yeah. points off the bench, and they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy? The guy who got ejected last game. The guy who's you know trying to box out LeBron. Like who is this guy? We have toughness. We have grit. This yeah. is a, unlike any Phoenix team that you've ever seen." And they're going to fight. You know, there, there's no layover in this team. There's no uh, rollover there's in this not. team. You know, so I, I'm excited going to game three. I can't wait for Thursday afternoon. I just like, you know, the, the cool thing today is like I was so busy at work. I didn't even think about the game. And then like I, I, I left work. I started driving home and was like, let's go, sons, till the day I die. Like I was just bumping that shit today, man. Like, <laughs> Valley Boys, we didn't Valley yeah. You know, I was just like, I was getting yeah. amped, man. You know, it was, 
It was big time. Well, you know, they showed up though. You know, they they did, man. This team will show up every game, win or lose. Just so. hold on to the fucking ball. Stop Just, turning it over. You don't turn it over and let twenty one points happen uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers, and you can win this game, man. So that's that's good to know. So uh, I think that's it for this podcast. Thank you, everybody who decided to join us. Whether you're listening along on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network or you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. If you are on YouTube, go ahead and give us a thumbs up. Please subscribe. Uh, you can join the pod by following the join button or the link in the description below. If you want to hit the super chat button, go ahead and do it. Let's get us some suns tickets so we can broadcast from the arena live after a victory for the Phoenix suns. You can follow the show at suns jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix fans app. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lizzie. Take care. Suns fans. We'll see you Thursday night. Beat LA baby. Yeah, everyone go home and spank your family. What? Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Come on, let me hear it.